Hi, this is your host, Anne Canceran, and welcome back to the podcast of DENR Environmental Management Bureau, Calabarzon Region. On this episode, we will be sharing with you a lecture from the webinar conducted by Environmental Management Bureau, Calabarzon. This is in celebration of the World Environmental Health Day 2020 with the theme, Environmental Health, a Key Public Health Intervention in Disease Pandemic Prevention. The said webinar was spearheaded by Environmental Education and Information Section through Microsoft Teams platform on September 29, 2020. Our resource speaker, Dr. Jemine Louis Apostol or Dr. Jello Apostol, is a medical doctor, public health researcher, and an environmental advocate. He believes that every individual, regardless of race, gender, and position, has a right to a long, healthy, and meaningful life. Dr. Apostol strives to to prolong and improve his own life and of many others by enabling government and civic society to mitigate and hopefully eliminate the impact of environmental pollution to human health. Please welcome the lead environmental health specialist and professor at Ateneo de Manila University School of Medicine and Public Health Education, Dr. Jermaine Luis Apostol. Thank you very much uh, for the introductions and to our regional director, Noemi, as well Thank as the organizers of this um, event. Isang makakalikasang hapon po sa inyong lahat. And I am very glad that we were all able to overcome the digital divide. And despite <laughs> all limitations, um, all of us are able to join this momentous yeah. celebration of World Environmental Health Day. Gusto ko lang pong i-emphasize yung um, binanggit kanina ng ating RD na now more than ever nakikita po natin ang interlinkages between environment and health. And in fact, even before COVID-19 happened, there was already a recognition that much of what makes us sick, much of what causes disease among human populations can actually be attributed to our environment. As a case in point po, Based on our um, annual burden of disease study in the Philippines, at least one-fourth of what causes stroke and ischemic heart disease is in fact because of air pollution. And when we talk about the top killer of deaths or the top um, cause of deaths among our young Filipinos less than five-year-old, which is diarrhea, a lot of it is actually attributed from poor environmental conditions and poor access to uh, safe water, both drinking and um, other use of water. So indeed, no, um, napaka-laki ho ng interlinkages ng affectation and relationship between health and environment. And it's not only unidirectional po, no? Uh, how what happens to the environment affects the health of the people. But also, as mentioned by our um, earlier speaker, the healthcare industry actually also contributes to environmental pollution. In fact, our healthcare industry, not only in the Philippines, but globally, is the third industry that produces um, waste uh, across all other industries. So, napaka 
igtimpo ng relationships between the health and environment sectors. And not just today, but I guess moving forward, as we anticipate more and more diseases, more and more pandemics like COVID-19, who are partly or largely um, due to the environment or rooted from the environment, we really have to adapt that perspective moving forward where we no longer just have to consider health and environment as separate advocacies, as separate areas of work, but rather as interrelated areas of work that need collaboration between the sectors and with other sectors as well. Um, for this, Pono, I'd like to discuss, um, for the time that was allotted to me, I'd like to discuss these very specific linkages between environment and health with the hopes that the different bureaus and sections and units of DENR may also identify where they might also be able to interface with uh, the different units in the Department of Health and other stakeholders in the health sector. Napakarami po ng linkages between environment and health. And I've only listed four. In fact, there are a lot. Uh, the CDC actually specifies more than 50 linkages of environment with different health outcomes. And in the Philippines, it's even more because a lot of our diseases in our country are actually related to the environment. Uh, marami po sa ating mga nararanasan na sakit is actually in fact attributed to environmental pollution. Whether it's air pollution, water pollution, or soil or um, waste pollution, either solid waste or hazardous waste. Um, water pollution is very much linked to our waterborne diseases and water wash diseases such as diarrhea, cholera. Air pollution is not only linked to respiratory diseases, but also to systemic diseases, everything from diseases of the brain to diseases of the heart to even diseases of the gastrointestinal system and reproductive system. And we all know that soil contamination is a very important source of acute and chronic poisoning, especially as contaminants such as fertilizers and even other um, hazardous um, chemicals find their way into our waterways and even into our airways. As an air pollution expert po, isa po talaga sa tinitingnan natin in partnership with the air quality management section ng ating DENR, ang epekto ng um, levels of particulate matter pollution natin sa ating health. And um, it's a major, as mentioned earlier po, air pollution is a major cause of respiratory and cardiovascular disease. A lot of people think na ang air pollution po ang tinatamaan lang ang ating mga baga. Pero when you look at it, ang top cause of mortality and morbidity po sa Pilipinas are your cardiovascular and ischemic diseases. Dito po papasok yung atake sa puso at yung stroke na tinatawag natin. One-fourth of our stroke cases have been attributed to air pollution. And one-fifth of our atake sa puso or ischemic heart diseases have been attributed to high levels of particulate matter pollution. Particularly po yung tinatawag natin na PM2.5 or uh, particulate matter um, with a size of less than 2.5 microns. Dahil ito pong mga materialis na to, no, um, maaari po silang dumiretso sa uh, pinakakaduluduluhan ng ating mga airways up to our alveoli where eventually some of the toxic components of this particulate matter can get absorbed in our bloodstream. Okay, and from our blood, it gets distributed to different parts of the body. That is how air pollution actually exerts its effect to different uh, body parts or to different organ systems in the human body. Not just outdoor air pollution, in fact, because now we are on lockdown, 
a significant cause of morbidity as well is indoor air pollution. Uh, in fact, people think na mas mababa po ang pollution sa loob, but in fact, indoor air pollution is usually three to five times higher compared to outdoor air pollution. And what is the significant contributor of indoor air pollution? Kalahati po nito is our use of fuels. And a lot of the fuels that we release, um, uh, that we use would release some noxious chemicals, some noxious pollutants. But half of what causes indoor air pollution is outdoor air pollution. So when we talk about specific interlinkages, sandbox say for example, pwedeng makipagtulungan ang AQMS at the central office and different um, AQMS counterparts at the regional level um, with um, pulmonary medicine or um, with non-communicable diseases with the NCD unit ng Department of Health. It's really in this um, issue po of outdoor and indoor air pollution dahil nakikita po talaga natin ang interlinkages between outdoor and indoor air pollution and how it's both a health and environment issue. Um, I'd also like to um, highlight how Air pollution, both outdoor and indoor, has also become a significant contributor of mental health disorders. In the Philippines, um, bago pa man po nangyari ang COVID-19 pandemic, mayroon na po tayong dalawang binaban, or tatlong binabantayan na pandemia. Unang-una po yung HIV and AIDS epidemic natin. Pangalawa po yung teenage pregnancy, uh, pagtaas ng rates ng teenage pregnancy. At pangatlo po ay ang pagtaas ng mga mental health cases kagaya ng depression, anxiety, and even yung mga chronic or degenerative mental health disorders such as um, dementia or Alzheimer's disease sa mga matatanda. Nakita po natin, uh, uh, and this is supported by studies done globally na air pollution actually um, has the, or pollutants uh, can find their way into our brain. At the roof of our nasal bone, meron po tayong tinatawag na crib reform plate. And that crib reform plate is a very thin piece of bone that separates our nasal chambers from the brain. So when we inhale particles, um, which include some pollutants or some toxic substances, some of these may be inhaled directly in the brain. And this has been attributed to increasing cases of mental health diseases especially in developed um, settings or in urban settings where there are higher levels of outdoor air pollution. Nakita po natin na mas mataas ang levels ng depression at anxiety and even bipolar disorders sa ating mga urban settings na heavily polluted. Kaya minsan po, no, um, uh, lalong-lalo po sa mga kaibigan ko na nalulungkot um, or nasasawi, sinasabi ng aba, or iyak ng iyak or di makatulog. Um, experiencing all of these depression and anxiety symptoms. On the one hand, some of us would call it love, dahil din sa love, but there's also a good chance that you know these mental health symptoms are actually brought about by air pollution. Um, and a very, I think, nabanggit din ho kanina, ito kanina ng ating naunang um, speaker about hazardous waste. Isa pong uh, major pollutant uh, uh, concern natin ngayon, that's both an environment and health concern, is how plastic pollution, pollution and increasing plastic pollution is affecting the health not only of our marine animals but also of humans. A lot of the plastic that, we, uh, that is being irresponsibly um, uh, thrown away actually finds its way into our waterways from rivers 
eventually into the oceans. Alam na alam po natin, narinig na po natin yung uh, isla ng plastic na makikita sa ating uh, Atlantic at Pacific Oceans. And a lot of this plastic, this macro big pieces of plastics, because of wave action, because of sunlight, because of mechanical forces from the waves, are broken down into small plastics called secondary microplastics. And these secondary microplastics, po, no, um, they can be eaten directly by marine organisms. But as they, uh, as they go through the life cycle, microplastics have, uh, uh, have a property where a lot of toxic substances and a lot of microorganisms actually attach themselves to these plastic, um, uh, plastic components, both macro and microplastics. And when marine organisms eat this, and when we eat these marine organisms, these would eventually bioaccumulate on us, causing some of the toxic effects of plastic pollution on human health. Particularly, yung mga, uh, of most concern here, yung mga xenobiotics and um, obesogens na nakikita natin na dumidikit sa mga uh, microplastics. And um, a lot of this really uh, derail or affect your metabolism, um, leading to uh, a lot of problems such as diabetes, liver dysfunction, but basically systemic because um, all other um, glands or hormonal glands can also be affected or derailed by these obesogens or xenobiotics na tinatawag natin. Um, there's also an interesting study po na tinatapos namin ngayon sa Ateneo School of Medicine and Public Health at nakita po natin na at least 90%, at least 90% of the bottled water that we drink actually contains microplastics. And every time po na binubukas sara natin yung takip ng ating mga plastic water bottles, a lot of the plastic in the in the sa takip po is being shaved off and introduces small small bits of microplastics in the water that we drink. And these microplastics, um, usually type 1 or type 3, um, also carry with them some obesogens or xenobiotics, which could exert these significant impacts on human health. So really now, po, uh, the, the case here is definitely we need to understand more how plastic pollution, what its burden is on human health. We need more studies here in the Philippines and that's definitely one area of interface between the health and the environment sectors, yung more researches on microplastic pollution and health. But also when it comes to educating the public, now that we know that plastic pollution is not just an environment, is not just an environment problem, but also a health problem, the way by which we educate and engage communities can also be a multi-sectoral collaboration between the health and the environment sectors and agencies. Um, nabanggit ko ho kanina no, na ito hong uh, mga microplastics and the components in this microplastic in this microplastics they they derail or they affect your metabolism usually causing diabetes and obesity and yung mga kaibigan ko po na iba no, minsan nagre-reklamo sila nagji-gym naman sila nagda-diet hindi na kumakain minsan pinagdadasal pa nila para pumayat sila pero bakit tumataba pa rin so it's not for the lack of effort, but there's a huge chance that it's because of all of these xenobiotics and uh, components or metabolic components that affect uh, fat metabolism, sugar metabolism, uh, and all of this can all find their way into increasing rates of plastic pollution. 
Uh, just to you know, situate it in the pandemic that we are experiencing right now, a lot of the plastic pollution that we are encountering, even more and more, are because of uh, medical plastic waste that are uh, improperly disposed and find their way into our waterways. Um, at this point, Paul, we'd like to encourage um, the use of reusable personal protective equipment. Not only uh, are reusable PPE, such as cloth masks, uh, more environmentally friendly, but there's also a global consensus, even in the health sector, that these reusable fabric masks are just as effective for public use as compared to our surgical single-use plastic masks. So, ang ibig sabihin po nun is kung kayo ay mag-grocery, kung kayo ay lalabas um, and will do some necessary uh, activities outside, no? Um, it's sufficient for you to use reusable fabric masks. And you don't have to use this single-use plastic PPEs, which, you know, if they're improperly disposed, could take as long as 100 years to fully decompose. Alam nyo po, even before the COVID-19 pandemic happened, a huge amount of the waste that has been found in Manila Bay are actually plastic medical waste. All right. So, and now because of the COVID-19 pandemic that we're experiencing, um, we are anticipating more and more um, medical plastic waste and other hazardous waste to be disposed of um, everywhere and ultimately finding their way into our waterways and oceans. In fact, based po sa projections na ginagawa namin ngayon sa Ateneo at in partnership with DOH, the Philippines will use the most amount of PPEs in the next six months. And all of these PPEs will all be converted to waste. And imagine where will all of these waste um, go, no? So definitely a lot of this will find their way into our waterways unless we address how they are properly disposed, managed, and treated. Um, so definitely, po, no, um, not only are reusable uh, fabric masks safe from a, a public health standpoint, uh, sustainable from an environmental standpoint, but they're also more economical because you can reuse them, you can boil them, and even just washing them with um, with a chlorine solution is sufficient to kill any virus, including COVID-19. This is an example po of a disinfectant solution which you can use for your fabric masks or just to disinfect anything. You don't have to use single-use um, plastics for drinking or even utensils. In fact, we're encouraging a lot of the restaurants right now. Kung napapansin po ninyo sa ating mga komunidad, and I think even um, kapag bumibisita po sa Laguna or sa Cavite, may mga restaurants na po tayo na hindi na gumagamit ng mga reusable na baso or even mga reusable na utensils. And sabi po nila, dahil sa COVID-19, I think that's uh, overreacting a bit because even a simple... Um, uh, solution uh, made of fluorine or e even our usual disinfectant solutions are enough to kill most viruses including the COVID-19 virus. So we don't need to resort or um, immediately resort to single-use plastics um, even if we're experiencing a pandemic. Gusto ko rin lang pong i-declare na hindi po ako sponsor or endorser ng Zondrox. Any, any bleach will do. Uh, for as long as um, you take note of the proper concentrations because some bleach are concentrated while others are not as concentrated. Okay, so these are different options po. No? Now in the market, sa Lazada, sa Shopee, makikita na po natin yung mga nagbebenta ng UV disinfection. 
these are also viable options so that we don't have to keep on using single-use masks. And we can opt for reusable, sustainable, environmentally friendly, and safe uh, reusable masks. Okay? Now, so yun po, no, um, na pag-usapan po natin quite extensively how environmental pollution affects human health. Another significant point of interface, and at this point, this is where uh, DENR can interface with DOH, with FNRI, even with the Department of Agriculture and Agrarian Reform, is in the area of, na uh, of nature and how it impacts nutrition and food security. 95% of what we eat is directly provided or derived from nature. And we are, uh, we are receiving it at very little cost. When we actually cost these ecosystems, this uh, provisionary ecosystem services, we would not be able to afford it. But a lot of the food that we get from nature is actually close to free or we're paying, paying very low for it. And a lot of what we eat is um, provided almost for free by, by nature. And when, uh, we, uh, when nature is degraded, when environments are degraded uh, and food uh, availability or food crop or productivity is impacted, then we start experiencing significant health effects, particularly when it comes to uh, malnutrition, as well as uh, the surge of infectious disease and um, poisoning. Uh, when we talk about poisoning, po, no, um, another trend that we're observing is that our overuse of fertilizers eventually find their way into our waterways or, or eventually leach into the soil or eventually um, contaminate um, groundwater is also a very important public health concern. No? Uh, more and more as uh, agricultural systems are being modernized, uh, we are encountering more and more of this um, uh, insecticide-related uh, poisonings. Um, a very clear, uh, gusto ko rin lang pong isarin uh, po sa mga nakita, uh, and this one is in partnership with our um, collaborators from University of Tokyo. We're noticing more and more that a lot of our crops contain uh, or would have less vitamins than that 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 they used to contain. Um, that means yung po mga prutas natin, mas mababa yung levels of vitamin C or mas, malabang, mas mababa yung levels of vitamins, vitamin A. And nakita po natin that a significant contributor to this is our overuse of fertilizers. Alam naman po natin that these vitamins are produced by the plants in response to insects, in response to external organisms. So kapag wala na hong lumalapit sa ating mga halaman, sa ating mga crops, there's not much impetus for them to produce all of these vitamins. So in a sense, no, we have to consume uh, twice or thrice as much just to receive the same amount of vitamins that we would have received maybe 50 years ago. And not only is it related to micronutrient malnutrition or deficiency, but it also leads to or can also be attributed to um, the obesity problem that we are experiencing, especially in urban areas. The third point of interface, and this is where DENR can, um, particularly the biomanagement, uh, the Biodiversity Management Bureau can work with, uh, with our FDA, can work with, uh, with PTAC, can work with the academe, is when we talk about biodiversity and biomedical discovery. Uh, nature, both our flora and fauna, is a significant provider or a major source of our modern, traditional, and natural medicines. Um, at least globally, 50 to 70,000 of our species of medicinal plants 
are are sourced are be, are being used as source uh, for drugs that are being used for various sources from cancer drugs. Ito po yung U3s natin, no? Um, very important source po yan ng mga toxins na hanggang, hanggang sa ngayon ay ginagamit sa paggagamot ng napakaraming um, cancers uh, na, na, apek, na nakaka-apekto sa ating mga tao. Ang mga pag-aaral po sa mga sharks uh, is very important for osmoregulations. Yung mga anesthetics po natin, mga pain relievers, very important po dyan, uh, very important source po ng mga active components or at least basis for the resynthesis of these active components would be your snails and your mollusks. And when these, uh, when these organisms, when the biodiversity of these organisms are affected either through illegal wildlife trade or deforestation or even because of climate change, especially yung mga snail and mollusk population natin, the opportunities and the potential that we can get from these biodiversity is also diminished. The next area, po, which is of course very much felt right now, or the next area of interface, is when we talk about environmental change and infectious diseases. Um, there is a global agreement, and even in the Philippines, uh, there's an agreement within the scientific community. We just need to communicate and realize it more that a lot of the emerging infectious diseases that we're experiencing, measles, dengue, malaria, schistosomiasis, are because of significant environmental change, either because of you know, changes in land use, deforestation, or because of environmental change at the macro level, such as climate change. A lot of the uh, dengue cases we've seen, in fact, mapapansin po natin, are more common in areas that used to be heavily forested or heavily wooded. Because, you know, these insects, um, these um, organisms where these infectious diseases would originate from, sila po yung natural inhabitants ng mga lugar na to. And when human populations encroach into these natural areas, we get to interact with pathogens that um, we're not used to. And because these are pathogens that we're not used to, they, can, they have huge potential to be very infectious and to be even deadly. Example po niyan is Ebola, okay? And another clear example of that is the current COVID-19 pandemic that we're experiencing right now. Uh, the current uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus has in fact uh, been either attributed to bats or to armadillos and pangolins um, that humans have been poaching and uh, introducing in wet markets in Wuhan, China. And um, because, you know, um, your, your sellers, your poachers, um, they interact with these wildlife, with, with, with these uh, wild animals. They also get exposed to the pathogens that, you know, that are um, only exclusive or initially exclusive to these animals. But, you know, because of frequent exposure, because of increasing viral load, the mutate po itong mga zoonotic na viruses na to uh, hanggang sa magin silang mga anthropogenic viruses. And that's where it eventually leads to human-to-human -human transmission. The, uh, the next area, um, and we are recognizing this more and more dahil nga po nabanggit natin kanina na increasing na ang rates natin ng mental health disorders such as anxiety and depression and even bipolar and dementia is uh, when we talk about nature and its positive impacts to biopsychosocial well-being. Um, one of the, th uh, when I was having my training in the U.S., one of the things that we've um, seen is that exposure to green spaces 
either natural green spaces, spaces such as forests or even man-made green spaces such as parks. At least nine square meters of green space has very significant effects, both physiological and psychological. Physiological po, nakita namin sa mga uh, pagsusuri namin, uh, it improves healing of wounds, it improves tolerance and experience of pain, but also it improves cognitive well-being, but also physical well-being because, you know, when you're exposed to green spaces, you're more moved to conduct physical activities, you're more moved to go out, to get your body going, be active. So it's also attributed to decreasing rates of cardiovascular and non-communicable diseases. Sa Pilipinas po, minamap out na namin sa NCR because uh, sa Ateneo po, kami rin po ang gumagawa ng National Mental Health Survey. Nakita po namin na at least comparing with all the other areas in Metro Manila, ang passive po, uh, dahil it has relatively higher um, amounts of green spaces compared to the other bigger cities in Metro Manila, also has lower rates, interestingly has lower rates of, of um, depression and anxiety or reported depression and anxiety. So more and more, no, nakikita po natin yung clear benefits ng, um, ng nature or being exposed to nature and green space or biopsychosocial well-being. Right now po, no, nakikita rin natin na um, marami po ang nagre-resort to plant parenting, especially because, you know, um, being uh, quarantined or being on isolation can be personally and psychologically isolating. So, you know, these plants are helping a lot of Filipinos tie themselves over from the psych uh, psychological effects of this COVID-19 pandemic. But I guess, babalik din po ako, no? Kanina, when we talk about biodiversity uh, and health, um, because um, another concern po na gusto ko rin lang, gusto, gusto ko rin lang i-manifest is um, nakikita po natin more and more na because of this increasing demand for plants, marami na rin po ang nakikita natin na reported cases of plant poaching and illegal um, illegal poaching and uh, uh, ownership and trade of these um, wildlife plants. A lot of them are are also endemic and endangered such as yung um, alocasia sanderiana po natin or even yung mga, mga uh, pitcher plants po natin. Nakikita po natin na, and begonias even, na a lot of these are being poached and being sold into our markets. Um, currently po, nandito ako ngayon sa Los Baños, nakausap ko po ang isa sa ating mga tissue culturist na si Tita Ann Valenzuela. And nasabi po niya na even here in Calabarzon, marami na po tayo nakikita ng mga cases sa Sinaloan, sa FAMI, na, na nagbibenta po ng sako-sakong mga, mga halaman na, na illegally poached or illegally secured from, uh, from our forests. And while we do recognize that they have a positive impact on biopsychosocial well-being, we also be we also must ensure that you know these do not affect the biodiversity of our natural areas, and uh, we have we do have to uh, make a strong point when it comes to discouraging and penalizing and addressing these illegal trade and poaching of wildlife of wild plants as well as animals. Ito po no um. Uh, even before COVID, there's already a recognition in the public health sector that uh, the defining issue of what will dictate the health of our generation and the next generation is climate change. A lot of the diseases that we will be experiencing, everything from mental health, from cardiovascular health to pulmonary health, is related to climate change. And as the climate is expected to change rapidly, 
not in the far future, but even in the near future, some of our significant changes in temperature is expected to happen in 2030. That's 10 years from now. And those, you know, even if very small 0.5 or even 1.5 change in ambient temperature already has massive impacts to public health, both in both direct health impacts, such as increasing cases of heat-related disorders, yung mga heat stroke po na tinatawag natin. Dito po sa Los Baños, ngayon napaka-init na. And, you know, habang mas painit na painit pa, yung po mga matatanda, yung mga senior citizens natin, they're more, and yung po mga uh, blue-collar workers natin, they're more prone to experiencing these heat-related disorders or heat strokes. Uh, but not only that, we also have indirect climate change impacts to health, such as increasing incidence of infectious diseases. Dengue is expected to rise, uh, the, not only in terms of number, but also in areas. No? Yung po mga lugar na dati hindi nagkakaroon ng dengue, yung mga, especially mga mountainous areas, mga matataas na lugar, are now expected to um, also start experiencing dengue because of increasing ambient temperature. So, sabi nga po natin, no, habang umiinit, mas nagkakasakit. Uh, one of the experiments that we are doing in our labs is showing how because of even small changes in temperature, yung pong mga larva natin is mas mabilis, yung pong stage of larval development ng ating mga vectors such as mosquitoes, mas umiikse at mas napapaaga. So, ang, nangyayari, ang nangyayari po is from kitikite, mas mabilis silang maging lamok. At dahil mas mabilis silang maging lamok, mas mahaba po within their lifespan, within their lifespan mas mahaba po ang kanilang buhay bilang mga lamok at mas marami po silang pwede ma-infect. In fact, we'd always say that global warming's greatest threat would be these vector-borne diseases. Um, and I think, no, just uh, just going through all, those are six interfaces of the environment to human health. Everything from pollution to health, from biodiversity and health, from um, changing uh, environmental degradation and infectious diseases to now, uh, we talk about climate change and health. Now we are seeing more and more these interfaces between climate change and health. And whereas before, it was sufficient for us uh, in the health sector to just work on health-related concerns. And it was sufficient for the environment sector to just work on environmental concerns. For the animal health sector, for the veterinarians to just work on animal health concerns. Now, we are realizing more and more that we need to work together. Sabi nga po ni Joey Ayala, ang lahat ng bagay ay magkakaugnay. This is the One Health approach. And hopefully, this guides us moving forward, especially since most of the health um, problems that we will be experiencing in the next decades will be because of environmental and human health. This is the integration that we're pushing for. Um, una ko po itong nakita sa US where um, yung pong mga provincial and regional health offices nila, yung mga county health departments, um, makikita po ninyo, hindi sila magkahiwalay sa environment departments. They're all in the same office. Um, they deal with environmental sanitation, um, monitoring of viruses in birds, biodiversity management, but also looking for, uh, looking for how these uh, diseases or these problems in the environment might cause impacts in human health. And I think we can do this here in the Philippines because um, compared to all other areas in the world, the Philippines stands to face what we call the triple burden of disease from climate change, 
from urbanization and from environmental degradation. We can all do this together from, monit from having integrated monitoring, surveillance, and early warning systems to considering um, how health and environment are linked when we prepare our, our programs, strategies, and plans. Meron po tayong tinatawag na Interagency Committee on Environment Health at the national level, but hopefully we can also have that uh, at the regional and even at the provincial level. Um, yung pong binabanggit natin na monitoring, may pinapilot po kami ngayon sa Gimaras na integrated monitoring of environmental uh, factors and um, for this po, no, dengue pa lang ang binabantayan natin. But that's because we know that dengue is actually because of um, is largely attributed to having a lot of breeding sites in the environment and also because of climate change and rainfall and temperature. So we need to be able to monitor and do surveillance on both health indicators and environmental and climatic indicators. And we're piloting this in Antique and Gumaras and it's been very useful for us in, ident in identifying which areas are, are high risk and which areas um, are you know, are, are more prone to having epidemics of, of, or outbreaks of dengue. Um, as mentioned earlier, we can do research together as environment and health sectors, but also interdisciplinary education. We need to, um, unfortunately, po, our health professionals, and even in, you know, in the medical school where I came from, were not trained so much on environment and climate change. And I think, you know, the future nurses and doctors that we need to be training right now also needs to be conscious of these environmental and climatic issues and how these impact the health of individuals and populations. Um, ito po ang isa po sa mga naging proyekto namin kung saan natin tinulungan ang DOH is yung pagsasa, uh, pagsasabuo po ng ating essential environmental health services. And we are hoping that in these different areas from safe drinking water to sustainable sanitation, to food sanitation safety, and waste management, as well as integrated vector control and management. Right now po, naka-house pa lang po ito sa Department of Health, Disease Prevention and Control Bureau, ERDD, or Environment Related Disease Division. But we hope we can work closely in these different areas of environmental health with different units of DENR, both in the areas of joint or collaborative assessment, joint regulation, and joint efforts at health promotion and health education or um, information education and um, community engagement. And I think no, parang as policy champions, all of us po working in the government, working in national agencies, in, um, in, uh, in regional, subnational, uh, and even local agencies, um, the, the best way for us to, to push for all of this is to also imbibe all of this in our day-to-day -day living. Um, alam na po natin ang lahat ng to, things that we can do, simple things that we can do in our daily lives. But siguro po, pinaka-emphasis ko po dito, um, if you want to talk about climate change, um, the most significant impact that we can um, contribute to climate change is really reducing our dependence on meat and really going for more vegetarian or plant-based diet. Um, or um, going for sustainable food sources that do not produce much or, or do not release too many chemicals or produce too many greenhouse gases. Napakalaking bagay po nun na pwede natin ma... A very simple act that we can do at, our, at the personal level 
but has significant impact on reducing our carbon footprint as individuals. Um, sa pagtingin po, no, uh, ito po lagi ho, lagi ho itong um, binabahagi sa ating mga, sa mga estudyante na tinuturuan ko sa Ateneo, uh, but also sa mga colleagues ko po na nakakasalamuha sa Department of Health, na now more than ever, we need to rethink our position as humans. We are not at the top of the nature pyramid. Okay? What happens to the environment is not secondary to what happens to the health of humans. We need to see ourselves as part of a circle of life where what happens to the environment, what happens to animals, what happens to the plants can also affect the health of humans. And the health of one is not important over the health of another. Ito po yung tinatawag natin na shift from ecology to, 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 to true ecology. And um, that ends my presentation po. I'd like to end um, with a quote from one of the favorite books of my son, which is The Lorax. And sabi po, this is by Dr. Seuss, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. No, it's not. Thanks for joining us on this podcast episode of the DENR Environmental Management Bureau, Calabarzon Region. Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now. You can also like and follow us on Facebook to easily get updates. That's www.facebook.com forward slash EMBR4A. See you on the next episode!